Amen. Thank you so much. Isaiah 46, verse 10 to 11. The strategic season. Uh, the new international version says in verse number 10, I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times, what is still to come. I say my purpose will stand and I will do all that I please. From the east, I summon a bird of prey. From a far off land, a man. If you write in your Bible, I want you to underline that or take note of that. A man or a woman to fulfill my purpose. What I have said, that I will bring about. What I have planned, that I will do. Father, we thank you for the confidence that we have in your word. We thank you, Father God, for the conviction of your word. We pray for this next few moments that we are gathered here, that I pray a freedom, a liberty for revelation knowledge to flow to your people, and that they will grow in grace and in the knowledge of your son, Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, lead and direct us, and I pray, Father, that I will not share anything that's not from you. But what you have given to me, Lord, I pray I'll bring it forth with clarity and bring it forth, Lord God, with confidence. So your people may continue to walk in your goodness and in your grace and walking in victory. We thank you now in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You may be seated. You may be seated. Thank you. Thank you, praise team. Appreciate you all. Love every one of you guys. Thank you so much. And girls, love our ladies. Praise God. Amen. Amen. A strategic season. Isaiah chapter 46 consists of 13 verses. And Isaiah is considered one of the major prophets in the Bible. And the life of a prophet in scripture was not an easy task. They were given an assignment from God to declare his word And I am convinced that the purpose of a prophetic word is to first bring correction to our lives. The purpose of a prophetic word is to bring correction to our lives that we will line up with the characteristics of a holy God. So the enemy will try to stifle the prophetic because he doesn't want us to line up with the character of God and know that God is good. So part of being corrected then is that God also brings comfort. So the prophetic word not only brings correction, it also brings comfort. It speaks to something deep inside of your heart. And the prophetic word can can do that. And here we have Isaiah the prophet and Jeremiah and Ezekiel and, and even the minor prophets. Not minor because their message was minor, but because their book wasn't as long as some of the writings of the major prophets. And their responsibility was to bring Correction to the people of God, so they will line up and receive the revelation of the character of God, so that God can flow through them and bring about his will that he has planned, he has purposed in our lives. The Bible also tells us in the book of Hebrews that whom God loves, he corrects. The King James calls it chastise. Nowadays, you don't know what that is, so it's he corrects, he disciplines. And he says something interesting about the characteristics of God being a father. He says that whom the father loves, he corrects. So if you're without correction, I'd be concerned that maybe you're not being loved. 
Because if we leave our own children up to their own behavior and they go astray, not correcting them is not loving them. Does that make sense? So we want to be able to receive correction so we can line up with what God is doing. Because here's the goal. Here's the ultimate goal. We don't want to miss a move of God. That we want to be relevant to what God is doing. I'm not saying be relevant to the culture. We want to be relevant to Christ. And some people trying to be relevant with the culture has compromised Christ. I heard a, or I read a study or a survey that's saying that people look at the Bible, look at Christianity. The number one thing they say about Christianity now is that it's irrelevant. It's no longer needed now. It's we have other products on the shelf that we can use to fulfill the empty vacuum inside of our heart. This is no longer relevant. But I'm here to tell you that when you become aware, that's the first point, when you become aware that a prophetic word has been spoken over your life and it brings comfort or correction and it reveals the characteristics of God, you now become aware of that moment and you're saying, Father, I'm in tune to what you're saying. What do you want me to do? Because if I look at Isaiah 46, if the nation of Israel would have paused and would have considered that prophetic word, they wouldn't have been in exile, they wouldn't have been in bondage for so long. Because they would have been able to line up with God's word and they would have been able to walk out God's plan for their life, right? And they will receive the blessings of God. Now, let me declare this to you. God is a good God. I mean, he really is. He is a good God. He's a good father. And when you're living the overflow, just the overflow of God's grace and God's mercy, and when you embrace that God is good, you'd recognize, God, your plan for my life is a good plan. So being a prophet and God giving you a prophetic word. Now, listen to me. The Bible you have in your hand, the Bible that's on your iPhone or your tablet, whatever, that's the prophetic word of God. So now some people are called specifically to give a prophetic word that they speak over nations, they speak over over cities, and those people recognize based on the word of God. We recognize that that word they bring is that word, a prophetic word for a nation. And there are people like that, and God has called them. It's in the Bible, apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers, pastors, to equip the saints for the work of ministry. But when you flow in the prophetic, it's when you have the Bible in front of you. And when you go to Walmart or you go to Kroger's or you go wherever you are, you flow now because you know that I live in a strategic season. And you live now saying, who, it is, who is it, God, that you want to bring a prophetic word to? Or bring a word of comfort, bring a word of correction so they can see the characteristics of how good you are. So sometimes when God wakes you up and you're out of toilet paper, it's not because you're out of toilet paper. It's because God wants you to go to Kroger's because he has someone set up for you to go and bring the word of the Lord into your life. Yes, you need the toilet paper. But what God wants you to do is to say, no, I've got a word for you because the Lord put something in my heart to share with you. Someone said, God, give me boldness. So the living is to see the season. You have to be bold because there are times that God's going to put somebody, put you in a position where you have to speak the word of the Lord because they need comfort. They need correction. They need to know about the characteristics of God because the enemy has been burning them with lies and telling them over and over again that God doesn't love you. God has no purpose for your life. Your life means nothing. Go ahead and take the pill. Go ahead and cut yourself. Come on, go ahead and, 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 and commit suicide and put it on Facebook so everybody can see and so media can take it, can expel it and so it can move it so everyone's now is fearful of what's going on but when you get a prophetic word from God I didn't say a pathetic word when you get a prophetic word from the Lord Almighty 
that tells you, no, you will live and you will not die. And that you're the head and not the tail. That you're above and not beneath. That I have a good plan for your life. You can walk and say, God, let me line up then with what you're doing. And what God is saying. And what God is saying. So this week I was at a seminar. And, and I, I got there and I was, I, I needed to park downtown in Columbus. And, and it was like, I, I didn't want to use my credit card to, for the parking meter. So I saw a subway down the street. It was a little bit. So I ran to the subway. I didn't want to use my credit card for the parking meter. And I saw a subway down the road. And so I go to subway just to buy one item so I can get changed, so I can bring it back, and I can pay the parking meter so I can go to my seminar downtown. But it wasn't because I didn't want to use my credit card. God had put somebody at Subway. Come on, Subway. That couldn't leave until I stepped through the door. And when I got there, he and I started to talk. And he goes, are you going to the same seminar that I'm going to? I says, yes. It was a seminar on how to publish a book and how to be an author. Because I believe God has called me to write books. So I'm going to be strategically go to a place where God is going to be able to teach me. It makes sense, right? I believe in God spoke to me prophetically to be an author. So I'm not going to be teachable and get a strategy how to get what's inside of me to get it out. So God now was saying, that's a word for somebody right there. And I'm sitting here thinking, I don't want to use my credit card. And God had another person who was thinking the same thing of being an author. He puts them at Subway. I come in now and I walk into Subway and I says, hey, um, I just want to get a drink because I need to get changed. How much is parking? And the guy said, well, what do you want? I says, well, you know what? Um, no, I just want macadamia nuts cookies. I'm, 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 I'm a cookie monster. I mean, I went by to visit Dell and Gary yesterday, and, and man, I could smell in the house. The cookies were just, were just baking in the oven. And I heard the ding, and I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then she brought them out to me. I'm like, praise the name of the Lord for these chocolate chip cookies. Amen, somebody. And, and when I was leaving, I just leaned over, and I saw a little container with some more cookies. And I'm like, are those for me? <laughs> oh, well, praise God. You know what I'm saying? And brought those in and started eating my cookie. Amen, somebody. So I said, I, I want some cookies. And he says, you know what? We're just going to give them to you. We're just going to give these cookies to you and, and, and just, you know, as a favor. And as I sat there, this other guy was there. And he says, hey, are, are you going to the same seminar? I said, yes. And he's sitting there. And all of a sudden, the Lord says, pay for his meal. I pay for his meal. I'm like, okay, Lord. I'm thinking he has one sandwich, right? I'm like, oh, I could do that. Five bucks, you know what I mean? No problem. He just has one. I mean, how much can he eat at Subway? It's one person, right? So I'm thinking, okay. I got blessed with macadamia nuts cookies so I can pay for what he has. I said, I want to pay for his meal. He's trying to get his money. I said, I, I want to pay for his meal. And he comes, he goes, okay, yeah, that's one sandwich and that's two sandwich. I'm like, and a drink. I'm like, oh my gosh, how much are you going to eat? And, and the, the total came up. And I said, I got it. He goes, man, thank you. I said, God bless you. God bless you, man. Give God the praise and the glory. Why? Because when you understand that you live in a strategic season, it wasn't about me finding that parking spot. It wasn't about me not wanting to use my credit card. God had already set this dude to come at Subway so he can hear a word that God loves you and God bless you. And at the end of it, I have no idea what he did with it. That's not my responsibility. My responsibility is to get that word out. It's to be obedient to what God is saying. Why? Because I'm living in a strategic season. And to whom God has blessed, we're supposed to be a blessing, right? Amen. And so because this church is such a blessing, 
listen to Megan and myself. God has blessed us uh, because of many of you. And so now we're just pouring it back out again and living a strategic life. And I'm here to tell you, that's how you're supposed to live every single moment of your life. Every time you breathe, every time you inhale and exhale, you're supposed to be living in a strategic season. Why? Because, Daddy, I don't want to miss the plan you have for my life. I don't want to miss it, right? Sir, in the back, God has a plan for your life and you're not going to miss it. Why? Because I'm aware of God's presence and everywhere I go, everything I do is strategic. It's strategic. I'm going to share with you why it is we have to get to a place where we can just say no. I'm going to show in the Bible. Where we can say, just say no. So we can say yes to what God has for us. Okay, so the first thing is this. The first thing is this. Okay, so the prophets in the Old Testament, especially the prophet Nathan, who had to go before David. I mean, this is the king who has the authority, Leo, to take his thumb and says, you're gone and you're done. This is the king. Doesn't have to even speak. Just has to move his finger and say this. And everybody knows under the king's authority, you have to obey his word. You have to obey his command. You have to obey his wishes. You have to obey his desires. And so here it is now that the king, the king of Israel, a man after God's own heart, finds himself in a place where he forgot that God was everywhere. You see, we don't live in a strategic season because we fail to believe that God is omnipresent. We feel there's a place we can go. And this is why young people, this is why young people do the things they do. And that's why morality and sin is rampant so much is because people think that I can hide from God's presence. That I can do something in secret and God doesn't know, but God knows everything. I don't care whether the king or you're the servant who brings the water to the king. God knows exactly where you are. And David forgot that God's presence is everywhere. So in his mind, the enemy was speaking lies to him. Because, see, David was living in a strategic season, right? Thank you, Holy Ghost, for downloading this to me. And the Bible says when kings went out to war, David stayed home. See, when you're not on your assignment, you're not aware of God's presence. But when you're on your assignment, you say, God, I need your presence to fulfill the assignment you have for me. And so here was David, good-looking, handsome, built, almost like me, built, handsome. I'm only messing. So here was David, a warrior. He could fight. I mean, David was a man that took care of the father's sheep. And when the lion came and the bear came, he says, who do you think you're going to take? You're not going to take away my father's sheep. And kill them and destroy them. Kill Goliath, David. Why? Because all of those victories was because David was in a strategic season. And David flowed with the plan of God for his life. Even when Samuel came down to anoint the next king, here was David in his position, in his place of servant, in his place of servant. And it was God that says, no, I chose him. That David. That David. That the enemy starts to lie to him. You don't have to go fight this one. You don't have to, you know, do this anymore. And David now is looking and, he, and he's eyeing Bathsheba. And, and the lies are starting to build. And the lies are starting to build. And the lies starts to build where now David starts to murder. And David starts to do all things against the character of God. He was going against the character of God. Even though he thought he had his agenda. He thought he was going to be able to be successful in his scheme. God says, David, I see you. I see you. And what you need is the prophetic word to come to you, to line you back up because the purpose inside of you, the same David that I anointed is the same David I'm still going to use. Oh, good God Almighty. 
And that's why we have to welcome a prophetic word. We have to welcome a word of correction. We've got to bring, welcome a word of comfort. We've got to welcome a word that gives us the characteristics of God. So we no longer believe the lie and empower the liar. But we can believe God. Amen, somebody. And we can walk and be empowered by God. And so here it is now that the, God says, Nathan, you're up. Nathan's like, what? You want me to go to the king and give him this word? And watch Nathan, the prophet, strategic in how he does it. He goes to the heart of David. He says, somewhere deep inside of you, I don't know what this is, but somewhere deep inside of you, there's a heart of a warrior and a worshiper. And the prophetic word spoke to the very thing inside of him. See, some people speak condemning words, and that's not God. He brings word of correction. we got to find something inside of you. There's something inside of you. It's called the nature of God that's inside of you. And I know right now it doesn't look good, but it's inside of you. And if we speak to that part of you, if we speak to the nature of God, if we speak to God's purpose in your life, that part will come up, and, and, and there'll, there'll, there'll be a recognition. There'll be an awareness that, hold on a second here. I have, I have sinned again. It's God. Not Urias, not Bathsheba, not the nation. I have sinned against God. In America, until they realize we have sinned against God, we will never be in alignment where we can bring all the nations together again. It's God that we have offended. It is God that's sitting here thinking, I have a plan for America. I have a plan for America. And this, America, is your strategic season. Oh, God Almighty. This is our season. So we need the prophets who are not going to be afraid. They're going to be in the halls of government. We need our prophets who are going to be in business. We need our prophets who are going to be in the church. We need our prophets who are going to be in the schools. We need young people who's going to be prophets and walk into their school and say, this is the word of the Lord for this school. This is the word of the Lord for here. Who has the boldness like Nathan to do that. And that's what we need. How many of you want to be that prophet? How many, how many of you are saying, God, you can use me. I want to be aware of your presence. Yes. Yes, Lord. I want to be aware of your presence. I've got to hurry up. And so for us to do that then, we have to understand. It is God who changes the times and seasons according to Daniel chapter 2 verse 21. He says he removes kings. He sets up kings. That's why the revival that's going to come is not going to come from a political office. It's going to come from people of God who are prophetic and who are flowing and who are declaring the word of the Lord. Just like Nathan, he went and he says, David, I'm going to get to your heart. And he gives a parable. And he says, this man had all these sheep and, and this one person had just one little weed lamp, just one. And the person came and, and took and everything. And David's like, how dare they do that? Righteousness rose up in David. How could, how could that injustice continue? And he says, no. And then the prophet says, David, God, give me boldness. But I know you have something inside of David that this nation needs. You appointed him. You chose him. You have something for him to accomplish in his life. You said in Isaiah 46 that I choose a man to do my purpose. And David is that man. And, and, and so I've got to bring this prophetic word because I love you, God, and I love this nation. 
And when you get to a place where you love God and love people, you will always desire God. Let me be aware of your presence so I can walk strategically in these last days because I've got to get people to be in alignment with God's will for their life. And so he says, you're the man. And David's like, wow. And there we get Psalms 51 that I've quoted so many times. Many of us here, we have quoted that. It's you I've sinned against, Lord. A powerful, a powerful psalm that David writes about his brokenness. and says, God, because of the prophetic word that came to David, was able to not only be comforted, but he was corrected, and he had saw the characteristics of God. David, David was such a person like that. So the next thing we have to understand now is that God has a plan for our life, but also we have to understand that there is also the plan of man. And we have to make sure in this strategic season that we are always following the plan of God and not the plan of man. Because when you follow the plan of man, you will miss the plan of God. But if you follow the plan of God, you always walk in the plan of man. I'll say that again. If you walk in the plan of man, you may miss the plan of God. But it's impossible to walk in the plan of God and miss the plan for man. It's impossible. It's impossible. I call that you can't have one without the other. You can't have one without the other. Last week we looked at some individuals. We looked at Abraham and the plan of God for his life. We looked at uh, Jacob and the plan for his life. We looked at Joseph and the plan for his life. We looked at Esther and the plan for, for, for her life. And, and where Mordecai says, hey, listen, you came to the kingdom for such a time as this. That there was deliverance that was needed. And he says, don't be silent. The Apostle Paul is, is, is writing and he's on his missionary journey, and he enters a city, and the Holy Spirit says to Paul in a vision, he says, listen, don't be silent, but speak. Don't be silent, but speak. I'm here to declare to someone today, if you know you're in a strategic season, don't be silent, speak. Write the vision, because it will speak. And so it's important then that we understand that, don't be silent, but speak. How? Not necessarily verbally, let your life speak. Let people know that you now have been transformed by the power of God. Let your life speak loud, because I heard I'd rather see a sermon than hear a sermon any day. And so it's important then that we walk in humility and we walk in the presence of the power of God, knowing that there were times when we all had to read Psalms 51. But thanks be to God for people who loved us enough to bring a prophetic word to our life so we can walk in what God has for us, so we can line up with God's will for our life, so we can then fulfill the plan of God for our life. I don't know about you, but I've tried so many times to do my own plan. My own plan. And you always come back to the plan of God. Always. I remember our last assignment, and, and it, I mean, God was great. God was gracious. God was awesome. And we went down, um, you know, we, we went down, and nine months later, we're coming back to where, I mean, look at God. We left our apartment complex where we live right now. And nine months we were gone, and we came right back to the very same complex. God's like, are you, are you ready to do it my way now? Huh? Are you ready not to do it my way? Because your life is strategic, Rowan. And I've invested too much in you. Ooh, the death of my son. I've invested way too much. God has invested so much in you, young man, that he says, I will not waste a moment of your life if you give your life to me. I've invested so much in every single one of us that God said, I will use every resource necessary. That's God. I'll use every resource doesn't make any sense. God who has everything, he said, I'll use every resource. I'll give you myself. And the word became flesh. God. 
I'll give you my word. And in that word, some of them write this down. In the word of God is every resource you need to accomplish your assignment in this strategic season. The word became fleshed and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. So God is saying, I've invested so much in you, I give you my word. And in my work contains all the resources you need to accomplish your assignment. So you know when a prophetic word comes because it matches the word of God. And that's why we know. And what's happening now is that there are people who are coming to the church who don't know God, who are compromising with the culture, just like the time of Jesus. Hey, listen to listen. The culture and what's going on today, it's not, I can even say this, it's not freaking Jesus out. You know what I mean? He's not like, oh my gosh. Oh my, I didn't see that one coming. Like, oh, I didn't know the Supreme Court was going to do that. Council meeting, man, I didn't know they were going to do that. Council meeting, you know they were going to do that? I didn't know. You know they were going to do I I didn't know they were going to do that. What are we going to do now? I don't know. Jesus walked strategically and walked in victory and walked in authority and walked in power and walked in the favor of God and was able to transform his culture in the midst of the culture. Because he walked strategically. He was always aware of the Father. Everything he did, Daddy, what are you saying? Daddy, what are you saying? Daddy, what are you saying? Hold on, I can't, I can't talk to you. Daddy, what are you saying? Okay, that's what you're saying? Here's what the Father is saying. Everything I hear my daddy tells me, that's what I tell. Everything I hear my father tell, that's what I tell. That's what I tell. I, I remember when Gary preached Father's Day. And the, the, the takeaway from his message that I got was the three things he's prayed over his children. Creativity, discernment, and wisdom. Creativity, discernment, and wisdom. And in this season, Ellis family, those who are married and took on a different name, but part of that seed. In this season, the fulfillment of your daddy's words are coming to pass even more now than ever before. Mm. That we don't know the outcome, but we know that God has the final say. And so when you used to hear the words, you used to hear the words, creativity now it means something because I'm lined up with the prophetic word that God gave through my daddy. Because whatever I hear my father say, that's what I did. That's what I did. Miles Monroe, my mentor, when I, I was sleeping, Megan wakes me up and he says, Miles Monroe is dead. I said, get out of here. He says, yeah. I said, what happened? Tells me what happened. And they're about to cancel the conference. And his son, Miles Jr., said, don't you even think about doing that. Don't you even think about doing that. And I said to Megan, I says, I now more than ever have to fulfill my purpose and my destiny. Because for 20 plus years, he has spoken into my life. I never met him yet, but he has spoken into my life. And all of a sudden now, it came more of me to be aware of the Father's word that he spoke spoken over our life. Is anybody getting this message today? The father is speaking. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. And in this strategic season, this strategic season, even for the gathering place and even for the city of Marin, I had the privilege and the honor of meeting the mayor on Monday. I went into his office and I said, I'm not here to reinvent the light bulb. You have tremendously gifted pastors in this community. I am not here to think I have the answer to Marion's issue. I walk in the anointing of God to join with those people that God has identified that are flowing prophetically and saying, we love our city. Okay? So I went to the mayor and I said, now you're the mayor. You've been put in a position of authority here. 
Talk to me, talk to me. Tell me, why? And he shared his heart with me. And at the end, he answered, says, Ron, I don't know if that's the answer you're looking for. I said, the answer I was looking for was an authentic answer, and you just did it. You gave me an authentic answer. Because guess what? Daniel 2 says that God sets you up and God takes you down. He's the one that puts you in that position. Why? For the strategic season that we're in. And so I went to, to the mayor and said, okay, what, what, what's going on? And what I sense, what we need to do, what I sense prophetically we need to do, is that there's going to be a financial revolution coming to the city. A financial revolution that's coming to the city. Hear me now. A financial revolution that's coming to the city. That the resources we need to fulfill the purpose and to design the things we have from God, that there's going to be a supernatural resource that's going to come to the body of Christ. Yes, we need revival. Yes, I understand that. But we need to access resources so we can fund and we can move the, the, the purpose of God, the plan of God in this city. Amen, somebody. So we need to be praying. So when they decide to put their business there, it says, we've been waiting for you a long time, baby. Huh? Come on. Because what the Father tells us to do. Okay? And and so let let me go on. Let me go on here. And look what happens. When you are part of a movement that is birthed in the purpose of God, i got to hurry. You will have religious people try to take you out. You'll have religious people try to take you out. And here was Peter. He was preaching. The apostles were preaching. He says, we must obey God rather than human beings. In Acts chapter 5, verse 29 to verse 39. And then one of the leader in the Sanhedrin council, and that was made up of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And this was a council. This was the religious council. And it's interesting, right? Because the Sanhedrin council thought they were free, but they weren't really free. The Romans just gave them, okay, you deal with this religious thing. We're going to stay over here. And so the, when the religious makes friends with the political, we're in danger. Come on. When the religious steps into the halls of the political realm, someone's about to be crucified. And because you're anointed of God, they're going to try to silence your voice. But if you're religious, you just make great bedfellows. Oh, that's no problem. But the moment you realize, no, you got to know the heart of God, the characteristics of God. Because this religious group, they thought they were doing the things of God. They thought they were God's answer. And so somewhere on the journey, they forgot God. And they were depending more upon the things that were uh, of human origin, of human nature. But watch this now. It says, for if their purpose or activity is of human origin, it will fail. But if it's from God, you will not be able to stop these men. You will only yourself fight against God. So in other words, saints, in other words, watch this now. Karen, when you are walking in a strategic season, they're not fighting against you. They're fighting against God. When they're fighting against you, Mr. Risha, they're not fighting against you, they're fighting against God. Because your purpose and your activity is governed by God. So we just got to relax. We just got to relax and walk in the strategic season that God has given to us. Why? Because they're fighting against God. They're not fighting against us. Don't, don't make it personal. Don't make it personal. Come on, somebody. And so when they try to get us in their face to start get these signs and bang and, and all this, that's not the love of God. Let your lifestyle, let the power of God go over there. And you can walk with anyone in any lifestyle and declare the power of God over their life and watch God deliver them. The media just don't tell you about all the transformation taking place. The media don't tell you that there are major revivals taking place in Iran. Major move of God in Iraq. 
major move of God in Africa. God is doing some things in people's basements. Come on, somebody. Raising the dead, healing the sick, open the blind eyes. You can't stop the purpose of God. Good God Almighty. Come on. You can't stop what God is doing at the gathering place. Come on, somebody. You can't stop what God is doing in Marion. Drugs can't stay here. Are you out of your mind? Yeah, get that thing. Get out of here. You see what I'm saying? Come on. Jesus. It's just my first point. So here's the question as I turn the corner. I'm getting the baton. I'm running the third leg now. About to give it. To the, to the, to the anchor. Give it to the anchor. So, the second thing is this. For you then to walk in a strategic season, you know, you must not only be aware, um, of a strategic season, you must also know the plan of God for your life in this strategic season. And the plan of God is what we call salvation. From the beginning of Genesis all the way to Revelation, it's salvation. 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 Now, what is that word? Well, in Isaiah 46, we read it earlier, verse 12 to 13 continues on now. And the prophet now switches from him, first corrected, then given the characteristics of God. And now he brings the comfort. And he says, the comfort of salvation. And he says in Isaiah 46, 12 and 13, he says, listen to me. This kind of preaching won't pack stadiums. But it'll pack you with power. Come on, somebody. Hmm? It may not fill an auditorium, but man, it'll fill your heart with the power and the presence of God. It says, listen to me, you stubborn hearted. You who are now far from righteousness. He brings correction. He brings the characteristics of God, Isaiah the prophet does. And now he says, now here is the response now. He says, listen to me. He says, I'm bringing my righteousness near. He says, so you are now far from my righteousness. So in other words, God's not lost. We're the one that's lost. And he says, you're far from the covenant, being in right standing with God back in the garden. The word salvation means to enjoy the totality of all that is good, all that God has for you. That is salvation. It's not just I've accepted Jesus Christ and now I'm going to go to heaven. No, 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 baby. If all you did was accept Jesus Christ because you want fire insurance, you missed the entire thing. I'm not going to go to hell. Remember when I was a kid, growing up, they scared me. You're going to go to hell if you don't get saved. I don't want to go there. Jesus coming to my heart. Next day, I'd walk into my school, see a nice girl, and I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll do it next week. You know what I'm saying? Hell ain't, I mean, she's hot. You know what I mean? Come on, somebody. Come on, fellas. You know what I'm saying? She's hotter than hell. Come on, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I was just saying, H-E double hockey stick. I don't know if you can say that word in church. Amen, somebody. We're not that religious, right? I can't say that word in church. <laughs> he says, I'm bringing my righteousness near. It's a strategic season. McKenna, when you walk into school, you're going to say, listen, you stubborn hearted. <laughs> Can you imagine that? He's in the chair. Listen, you stubborn hearted. You're far from righteousness. But I'm bringing my righteousness near. <laughs> God, I'm right and my salvation will not be delayed. Ooh. Come on, somebody. 
People have prayed for Marion and they have died. And people have prayed for Marion and died, but it's not going to be delayed. I believe in this time, in this season, we're going to see a mighty move of God take place. Not just in Marion, but in your city and the United States of America. Because only God can take the chaos of the world and bring about his glory. Only God can take the chaos. And the confusion of people who are far away from him. Come on, somebody. That's why things are happening. People are so far from God. God said, hello. I'm not lying to Richie. Come on, hello. I just aged myself right there. Like, who's that guy? And so he said, but I'm coming near to you. And I'm not coming empty-handed. I'm bringing my righteousness. I'm bringing my salvation. I'm bringing my peace. I'm bringing joy. I'm bringing happiness. I'm bringing freedom. I'm bringing liberty. I'm bringing grace. They're all coming with me. Woo, come on, somebody. Hey, My God, I feel like running in this place. Good God Almighty, he's good. See, the word salvation means to save. It means to help in distress. It means to rescue. It means to deliver. It means to set free. Come on, somebody. It means that we are going to attain the highest good that God has prepared for us. Salvation is more than just dying and going to heaven. Come on, somebody. It is the enjoyment of all that is good. Hallelujah. (laughs) God Almighty, he's so good. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. So now I, I, I got to hurry. I got to hurry. Now watch this now. So with all that being said, in Jeremiah 29 verse 11, probably one of the most misinterpreted scripture and also the most used scripture in graduation ceremonies. I know the plans I have for you. You go to Lifeway and it's all there. I know the plans I have for you, especially on graduation. Let's bring it in the context of what Jeremiah, another prophet, was dealing with. Jeremiah was dealing with the people who were stubborn hearted and they were brought into exile now watch they came from Jerusalem a place of peace Jerusalem Jerusalem peace they came from a place of peace and they brought into Babylon another culture so they were taken from one culture and they were slaves brought to King Nebuchadnezzar in this culture and in this culture they were beaten, they were famine, there was all things, nothing that reflected salvation at all. Nothing whatsoever. But Isaiah says that his salvation won't be delayed. So here is Jeremiah and I going through chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, chapter 4, come on somebody, chapter 5, chapter 6, chapter 7, chapter 8, he's getting visions, he's getting all kind of crazy things, he's preaching, they're handcuffing him, they're beating him, they're saying all kind of stuff, but he's consistent because i got to bring correction so I can bring the character of God so I can comfort you, come on somebody, and so he's working, and then Jeremiah chapter 15, chapter 16, chapter 17, chapter 18, chapter 19, and then chapter 20, and nothing can stop him because it's a plan of God, and they tried to stop Jeremiah, but he says, no way, I've got to bring a message to you, and he goes, chapter 27 chapter 28 and now chapter 29 and he says my 29 he deals first with the prophetic he said no you got a letter from another prophet he's lying to you and if the enemy cannot prevent the prophetic he will pervert it If you can't stop a body, a movement to prophesy, he will pervert it. And here he is now 
perverting it by bringing a lie. I was told. I was told. You were for a bank, right? I think Emily, you were for a bank. So I was told that how they train a clerk, a bank teller, to identify counterfeit money is they don't show them the bad money. <laughs> they get them so accustomed to the good money that they're so accustomed to the good that when the bad comes, they can pick it out. Oh, y'all missed that. God is saying, listen, I'm going to give you a good word so when the bad word comes, you can identify it. No, that's not from God. No, no, I'm just, I'm just going to say no. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Because, uh, see, so you think I just started knowing the truth. But see, when I, when I received salvation, I was like, oh, he, he is the way, the truth, and the life. And so I know. So when the back comes, nope, I, I know what the truth is. And so here it is now that, that this prophet sent a letter and Jeremiah said, he, this, this prophet said, there's only two more years of this and then you guys are going to be okay and everything's going to be fine. Jeremiah says, oh, sorry. Hate to be the bearer of bad news to you. But until God's time is accomplished, until the 70 years is accomplished, you will be in exile. That doesn't sound like a shouting message, right? Hold on a second here. You tell me I got, I got to stay in this culture longer? And watch Jeremiah. He says, now here's what I want you to do. So you came from Jerusalem and you went into Babylon. And he begins and says, build houses. Go into business. Come on. Take real estate. Oh, come on. Plant gardens. He also says, increase in the land. He says, fulfill the characteristics of God. I know you're in a culture that's corrupt, but because of my glory, come on, somebody. Mm, come on, somebody. I know you're in a culture that is corrupt, but my glory prevents that culture from invading you. And the evidence that you're walking in my glory, he says, go into business, build houses. Because the same people in Babylon will see the goodness of God and says, I don't want to serve that God anymore. I'm going to serve this God. Hmm. He also said, I, I want you to, to have your sons marry your, 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 I, I want you to give your sons in marriage and your daughters in marriage. Clearly, give your sons in marriage and your daughter, we'll just leave it like that. And so he's, he's given all the description of these relationships. He says, have relationships. He, he's saying, this is what I want you to do. And he says, because you're going to be here for a while. You, you, you're going to be here for a while. And it's in that context now, Jeremiah 29, 11 comes in. So if somebody graduates, and here is the application to this text. Say to them when they graduate, God strategically got you from where you are, whether it was elementary to graduate to high school, or high school to college, or college to university, or your master's, or wherever you are. God has strategically accomplished that. It wasn't your own uh, uh, education. It was God that was working inside of you. He paid for the school. No, Rowan, I still have a school bill. No, if you ever understand the resources of heaven. And what God would do to wipe away your school bill. Come on, somebody. Because you went where God told you to go, right? So, so watch this now. So I deal with, oh, I gotta hurry up. I deal with a lot of young people that, that, that they go to school, they pay a lot of money, and they come and say, I don't know what I'll do in my life. 
So, so for those, I, I was reading an article, for those who go to Harvard, Princeton, Yale, parents, Richie, will hire someone like myself and will say, I'm going to pay you $20,000 to talk to my child to find out where they're supposed to go because if I can spend $20,000 and save myself and spend 100000 and you don't know what they want. So meet with them and have them have a life strategy so they can see where God has them so they can walk in the purpose and the strategy God has from their life. I'm not going to send them to Harvard or to Yale or to Princeton and they don't know what they want to be because they'll come out and they're like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's happening. And then the culture starts barking at them with lies. It starts, you know, come on. They start lying to them and they start believing. And their vision now is no longer that they lost their vision because the lie, the lie of the enemy but the vision was for a point in time. And so we see here in Jeremiah 29 verse 11. He says, watch this now. For I know the thoughts I have for you. That ought to get someone to jump up in their seat, amen, and just give God a twirl. Because God says, I know the thoughts I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me. And I will listen to you. I know in this season, everyone's doing 2 Chronicles 7, 14. No, no, it's time for Jeremiah 29, 11. 2 Chronicles, that, that's a good one. That's a good one. But that was Solomon, and it was God talking and says, Hey, listen, at this build, that's when the glory came. They weren't in Babylon yet. This is where they were in Israel. Solomon built a temple according to the blueprints of that, that, that David gave to him, and that God said, and it was where the glory fell in the time of Solomon, the glory where they had to go like this. And it's interesting. Watch this now. Watch this. When the glory of God showed up in the house, it was so weighty. It was such a weighty word it, that they had to bow down to the weight of the word. That's what the word glory means. It means the word kabat. It means to be heavy. It means to be heavy. So watch this now. So when we live under the heavy weight of the Lord, we're always in a posture of receiving from God. Because we're bowed in his presence. And so in Jeremiah now, this is the text we need to look at. He says, then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. Isaiah 46, listen you stubborn hearted. Jeremiah 29, then I will come and listen to you. Praise God. Gather place. Are you prepared to be pioneers? Are you prepared to be pioneers? Are you willing to live a strategic life to be a pioneer and to get the body of Christ in alignment with what God is doing in the earth? Because there are other people that God is lining up and God is waiting. Just like he had the 12 sons that came out of Jacob's loins. Come on, somebody. And every tribe had a particular assignment. Every tribe had a particular position they had to go. And when they were ready to march, they would all march together. And I'm told that if you got a 30,000 feet view of them marching, you saw the cross. Because you saw the tribes in position. If we want to break the racial divide, we got to get in position. If we want to try to break all what's going on, we've got to get in position. If we're going to try to break all this thing that's taking place, we've got to get in position. Because here is what the Lord is saying. Then you will call on me. And come and pray to me. i got two minutes. i got to get you out of here. And I will listen to you in the midst of the Babylonian culture, in the midst of Nebuchadnezzar, in the midst of the pressure, the famine, the sword, all that's going on. Here is hope for if America wants to continue to be the shining city on the hill, it's not going to start with any other institution. 
but the church. So build houses, plant vineyards, get into business because we are going to be here for a while. We're going to be here for a while. And here is why. Here is why. The Bible tells us about a, a parable where a rich man and Lazarus, and the rich man died and so did Lazarus, and they both were, were, in, a, were in a different place. And Lazarus was in a place of where he was refreshed, and the rich man was in a place of torment. He says, can please just one drop of, of water just come and quench my thirst? And, and he says, no, there's a gulf, there's a gap between where you are and where Lazarus is. And he says, okay, can you go warn my brothers? I've, I've, I've got some family members who need to know that salvation is available and I missed the moment. But please don't let my brothers miss the moment. Please send someone who's going to be prophetic and speak the hard things. Please send someone who's going to be equipped with the power and the anointing of God to speak so they don't come to a place like this. He says, while they were alive, you had your opportunity. He goes, yeah, but if someone was risen from the dead, they will listen. He says, they had the prophet, they had Moses, they had the prophet. He goes, but if someone comes back from the dead, they will listen. How many know that they, they, they crucified Jesus? Come on, somebody. And, and, and they beat him and they, they whipped him. But he was doing it for our comfort. And they put him in the tomb. And three days, God raised him up. And here's the prophetic word over this life. Jesus said, listen to me. I know the Father's heart. Listen to me. I end with this. I end with this. Jesus strategically moved based on the power and the presence of God. Please, I, I got to do this first. I, I got to do this first. Okay, so in Luke chapter 2, verse 27, there was a guy by the name of Simeon. He was moved by the Spirit. Luke 2, verse 27, 31. Give me a minute to share this because I believe this is so critical. So critical. While I was praying earlier, I was praying. I was saying, Lord God, help Gary, help Donald communicate what you're downloading to them, to us. Help us. And as I was studying this last night, I was like, Holy Spirit, help me to share this as you gave this to me. And he said that there was, there was a man who was moved by the Spirit. He went into temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations. A light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. This man was strategic and he stayed in the temple, waiting for BC to come and finally bring Jesus come. And I believe over the years that Gary has stood and has been declaring to this city, my eyes have seen your salvation. My eyes have seen your salvation. Which you have prepared in the sight of all nations. A light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. When you live a life and leave a legacy, 
You could be able to say, God, that's what I'm saying. God, what revelation are you showing him right now? Give him the revelation you're showing him right now. Because there's things that you're showing him, the things that you're sharing with him, Lord God. If we can just get a glimpse of what that is. Of what that is. Of what that is. I, I think of Donald and, 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 and what God must be sharing with him. And, and, and for them to say, my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations. A life of revelation to the Gentile and the glory of your people Israel. This individual was staying in the temple. He was positioned. He was strategic. And he was saying, hey, there's salvation coming. There's salvation coming. Listen to me. Listen to me, Galapagos. Do you want to be a pioneer? Yes. Come on. Do you want to be a pioneer? Yes. Then we've got to get in position because Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. He's coming. And so now he teaches them and he says this now. And look at the second one. And this one's really awesome now. And this one, I, I, I thought of Teresa. And watch this now. In Luke 2, 36 now, he says, there was a prophet. There was a prophetess. Anna, the daughter of a tribe in Jacob. And it says she lived with her husband seven years after her marriage. And then she was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple but worshipped night and day fasting and prayer. And I remember two Sunday you were telling me that, that you'd be fasting, you were praying. And you're the one that stayed at the doors of the gathering places. I am not leaving this place. And God, you have to move me. I'm not leaving. And because of that, we are here today. Two individuals got his birth in this movement. Come on, somebody. Strategic birth in this movement. And I'm here to say, God, what are you saying to them? I've got to listen even more intensely. I've got to be more aware of your presence, God, because you're lining us up for what you want to do. Because there's someone who said, send somebody back to my brothers. Send them back. Let them know that they don't need to come to this place. Live a life that's full of God's goodness and God's grace. Because I miss my moment. Don't let them miss theirs. Don't make them miss theirs. We end with this. Jesus now, after being receiving a prophetic word, Jesus got a prophetic word by Simeon. He got a prophetic word by Anna. They prophesied. They spoke it to him. And my last thing is this now. Look, I'm closing my notes so you know, I'm finished. It's just two signs of running. I've gone over time and I, I apologize. Jesus got a prophetic word spoken over him of who he is, his destiny. And now he's walking. And there was a young man who said, a wealthy man, he said, I want to see Jesus, but I have limitations. I'm short. But I want to see Jesus. And he runs ahead and he climbs up on a tree. And he's hanging on this tree. And Jesus now is walking strategically. His father says, leave this now. It's time to go. He goes and he's walking. And he looks up. He says, come down. Today I'm going to go to your house. I'm going to go to your house. He goes to his house and being in the presence of Jesus... Be in the presence of Jesus, he stands up and he says, if I've wronged anybody, I'll give them my resources back to them. Because being in your presence and seeing your character reflects on me and I realize I'm not even near your righteousness. See, when we welcome Jesus into our home, he changes everything. He changes everything. He changes everything. Every head, every head bowed, every eyes closed. This is your season. This is your moment. This is your time. And my prayer for you as I launch you out of this place, but never from his presence. God has given you all the resources you need to accomplish your assignment for your life. 
He gave you his word. He gave you his word. Now write the vision and make it plain. Write the vision for your marriage. Write the vision to be a parent. Write the vision how you're going to minister. Write the vision for your life. Write the vision for that next career. Write the vision for what God is doing in your life. Write the vision because it's your appointed time. Father, I thank you so much for what you're doing in the lives of your people. The challenges that we are facing, show yourself strong in the midst. When the enemy tries to bring us into a place of anxiety, bring your peace, Lord. In this new season, we will trust you, Lord God. So gather in place. I ask you one more time. Do you want to be a pioneer in what God is doing in this season? If your answer is yes to that, Next week, we're going to look at a message entitled, Just Say No. So I'm saying yes to God, and I'll be a pioneer in this season. That means there's things I have to just say no to. Because I refuse to believe a lie. Because my vision is speaking. Father, bless your people with your love and your grace and your mercy. Strengthen, strengthen and equip your people with the resources of heaven. In the mighty name of Jesus. Just lift your hands wherever you are right now. Lift your hands and as I pronounce a blessing over your life. Please know that Megan and myself, we love you so much. Greater days are ahead. Greater. And God is listening to you right now. He's coming near to you. So Father, with every hand that is raised in this place, I pronounce a blessing upon them. I pray those who have never believed on you, that you are Lord and Savior. I pray that they will believe even right where they are right now. They will say, Jesus, I believe you are Lord and Savior and experience your salvation so they can learn how to just say no to the lies of the enemy that has crippled them for so many years. I just thank you, Lord, that those who have been using drugs right now, they're going to be infused with the ability to just say no. Not this time, no. Just say no. God has a purpose for my life. 
and he wants me to occupy until he comes. In Jesus' name, amen.